Hello and welcome to the Equiline Podcast. This is Dr. Wendy Corin. This is Dr. Dave Lundquist. And today we're getting back to basics again. Yay, I like basics. And talking about chiropractic. And my motivation for this was because we did an absolutely amazing uh, podcast, video podcast last week about chiropractic specifically as it applies to equine. And my favorite question from the interview was, what's new in chiropractic? You've been in practice 42, almost 43 years. What's new? And the answer was nothing. So really, truly, structure, function. Things are in line. Things are out of line. Things move better when they're in line. Chiropractic aligns you. End of podcast. Just kidding. <laughs> it's just really a simple process, a simple concept that chiropractic has had from the very beginning. And everything else is kind of ancillary. Yes, there's new chiropractic techniques that come out, but they still deal with structure function, basically. And there's all kinds of ancillary tools for muscle stimulation, muscle relaxation, inflammation, fascia, all of the things. We love all of the things. And the best results and the longest lasting results come from making sure everything is aligned. And And when people call us, we come there to adjust the animal. We're not coming there as a MagnaWave therapist, we're not coming there as a laser therapist. We're coming there as chiropractors looking at an animal for structural, functional issues. Structural, as we call it. And what's amazing is when someone says to me, well, how do you adjust a horse? Well, we adjust a horse one place at a time. We begin the analysis by looking at the coffin joint, making sure it can move and rotate equally, internal and external rotation, and move up to the carpus and make sure that all eight of those little bones are actually able to move within that wrist, or as we say in the horse, knee space, and then move up to the elbow, then move up to the shoulder, analyzing the limbs to make sure that all four limbs are operating as well as they can. In the back, we're going to look and make sure that the tarsals and the hocks are mobilized and functionally moving along the normal axis that they can move and up to the stifle. And as we love to check the hip, because the hip is really important. We check the rib articulations to the sternum because Many times you can have rib issues from saddle or from sleeping or from playing with another horse at the level where they attach to the vertebra. But you can also have lack of motion, restriction at the sternal level. We then come up and look at the pole, at the atlas, at the occiput, at the TMJ, at the hyoid. At C, one, two, three, four, five, six, you can't get to seven. Anyone who can reach seven, they have better skills than we do. Um, Then we'll come up to the thoracic spine, go through the withers, three, four, five, six, seven to eight, nine, depending on how big your horse's withers are, all the way down to T18 where the last rib attaches, and then through the lumbar spine, one, two, three, four, five, Six, unless you're in an Arabian where it stops at five, or seven, you know, 
Again, whatever the normal anatomy of that horse is, check the sacrum, check the ilium, check the articulation of the sacroiliac. And there you have your analysis, followed by your mobilization to create the best movement possible. Yeah, and our whole process is about, it's about performance. It's about the performance of the animal. It's not about lameness. If you have a lameness, we have to tell people, call the vet. Make sure the vet checks it out first because if there's a suspensory issue or something like that, that needs to be taken care of on a veterinary basis. Our job is to look at the horse for its, to, to get the best performance out of it as possible, whether it's horse or dog. It's about there's a dog. performance okay. orientation. That's what our practice is based on. And as we go through the body and find areas that are misaligned, subluxated, or not working as efficiently as it could, our job is to increase range of motion, increase flexibility, increase strength, increase performance. And therefore increase comfort, because things that move well feel good. And often people, how do you know when your animal needs to be adjusted? And we'll get to dogs in just a minute. And the answer is, when does behavior change? When is it harder for them to turn? When is it more difficult to get them to land on the correct lead? When are they bucking? When are they refusing the bit? When you see behavioral changes, that can be indicative of a chiropractic issue. And as I said, let's switch to dogs. We have the same form of analysis but often dogs are more comfortable when you touch their back before their legs, whereas horses are more comfortable often if you touch their legs first. So you want to adjust and, and make sure your dog, cat, horse, cow, whatever, is being adjusted in the way that suits their breed and their personality the best. With a dog, if I'm checking their range of motion through their upper back first, because that's where they're used to being petted, and then I may move on to the neck, and then I may move up to the front legs, making sure that the shoulders have free range of motion. The difference between a horse and a dog adjustment, toes, dogs stub their toes. Horses have one toe, so therefore there's less stubbing. Um, but you need to make sure that there's proper pain-free range of motion throughout all of the joints that articulate that you have access to. Yeah. And you talked about horses have one toe, and sometimes they're trippers. They don't stub it, but sometimes they trip. And that tripping is, can be related to a sacroiliac issue, a TMJ issue. It could be something, a lack of range of motion through a shoulder. Those are all things that need to be looked at for motion to find out where there's lack of issue or hypermobility issues because that's almost as important. Well, and the interesting thing is the trying to answer why is my animal off? And you'll, the more you get to know us, the more you understand is the answer is N equals one. Everything causes everything. As Dave said, the TMJ could be why they're tripping. The sacroiliac could be why they're not uh, moving forward comfortably. In a dog 
it's so amazing how ribs, because they play with each other and they T-bone each other, that one rib out of place may make them curl around to that side and not want to turn to the opposite side because they're protecting and they're, and they're making sure that they're not stretching an area that's painful or inflamed understanding how movement is supposed to go. I think my, my, my favorite description of a dog movement this week was the complaint was the dog was pity-pattering. It was going pity-pat as opposed to having its normal stride. And since that wasn't a, a description I had actually heard before, I had to say, well, walk the dog. Let me actually see what is this dysfunction. And literally, it was such a great description because the dog was moving more up and down than it was forward. And it, it was um, almost trotting in place versus fully extending, and when we mobilize the entirety of the dog, particularly interestingly, in the hip, in the knee, in the true knee, in the stifle, and in the ribs, all of a sudden that free range of motion came back. So when thinking about a chiropractic approach to something, you're thinking is what structural restriction is possible to create what I am noticing. And sometimes, as Ida Rolf said, where you think it is, it ain't. <laughs> it's often, by the time we mere humans notice something, it's the 12th compensation yeah. for the initial. Four-legged animals are so great about compensating through their whole body. So you start examining one area and go, oh, here it is. And then the dog walks off and still has the same issue. And then you realize, uh-oh, that wasn't it. Back to the drawing board, back to repalpating, rechecking things. Because the great thing is, like a horse, it once you adjust it, it takes three steps. It's already compensated for that adjustment. So they're very, very fast at their compensation levels. So you have to be able to watch really closely, especially those first three or four steps that a horse takes. And be able to evaluate that and to be able to know, okay, if that's off, where do I go next? Exactly. And that's why there is no replacement for paying attention to actually notice, well, something doesn't seem right. Okay, what doesn't seem right? How are we going to be able to tell when it does seem right? So being able to articulate what the malfunction, dysfunction, offness is, can help whomever is applying the chiropractic to know what are we looking for, what's the improvement that is going to be the difference that makes the difference. And when we're making changes in the structure and therefore making changes in the in the function, you're talking about the brain's ability to get new input in order to provide new output. And we love working with animals because there's no placebo effect, right? It either works or it doesn't. I tell people, if you don't believe in chiropractic or have an issue with chiropractic, follow an animal chiropractor around sometime and just watch how the animals react. Watch how the animals get so much better, get such relief and get such better performance from being adjusted. Almost every one of those Grand Prix horses out there are getting adjusted. They're all getting their work. 
because it makes the difference. And we see this in agility, and we see this in um, our, our performance dogs, our dogs that do search and rescue. Their ability to perform the function does shift, and the handlers who are really focused can see the difference. And when you're talking about your, your comfort level because you want your dog to sleep next to you in bed, the difference between being able to jump up and not be able to jump up can be one of the most dramatic shifts that we see. So you watch for that performance level. What has changed? And you'll see it. So we have barrel horses. We've taken two seconds off their barrel time. We've had horses that, you know, all of a sudden they're- Hundreds of seconds. Yeah, all of a sudden they're so much faster. They jump so much more comfortably. Uh, and the rider will tell you, oh my God, it feels like, it felt like effortlessly to that horse this time. Whereas before you adjusted it, it was really struggling to get over those jumps. Now, what's the number one cause of subluxation malperformance in a horse? What? Tell us, Wendy. The rider. <laughs> the equestrian athlete is made up of six limbs, or eight limbs. I'm sorry. The humans do have arms and legs. Um, eight limbs. And the structure and function that coordinates together. And honestly, all you humans are, you know, we're really happy for you to go elsewhere and get yourselves aligned. We just want to make sure that you understand that if you have any area that is not moving, your animal is going to sense it, feel it, and react to it. And sometimes the offness that you are experiencing is coming into the horse from the human and not necessarily starting with an equine malfunction. So being able to assess the whole athlete it, it may be less true with dogs, but it is still true with dogs. If you have a dog that is doing performance work and it is responding to its human, if that human is off, that dog is taking in that information and there is going to be a consequence in their movement from that relationship. Yeah, and we'll have people say, oh, you know, especially when riding their horse, I'm just a flea on that horse's back. Oh, really? Take, take a, take a, Take a knapsack and put a rock, a big rock in it, put it on your back, even if it's a five pound rock, and find out how it changes your balance. Well, I guarantee it changes your balance. So you need to understand that your balance ability on top of that horse makes a big difference on its performance. Well, it doesn't even take any of you have carried a, a child, and it, you know, an, um, one that can hold their head up, so you're putting them on your shoulders. They shift an eighth of an inch, and you feel that, and your knees may buckle because you're not ready for that little shift. Remember, the aids that you give aren't always the aids that you intend to give. Unintentional aids because of one leg being on the horse and one not, one arm being tighter, one not being aware of how tightly you're holding on one side than the other. Head tilt, the amount of humans I see who walk chest forward on their forehand and are not rear wheel driven, that is an aid that you're asking for performance. So to get back to what we started is, what is chiropractic? Chiropractic is a service designed to improve both structure and function and create the healthiest, most coordinated function in whatever species it's being applied to. And questions about how you can notice 
and who's you know available for you. We are wel we welcome your questions and your input so that we can help you create the healthiest life possible. This is Dr. Wendy Corin. This is Dr. Dave Lundquist. And this has been an Equiline podcast.